Today, I want to talk about new beginnings. He is risen, risen indeed. What a thing to celebrate. Today, there is much to be thankful for. It's a wonderful celebration in the life of a believer, in our lives, in our hearts. It's the pinnacle of the entire story of the world. All creation was changed on this very day and our eternal perspective is changed forever. What a celebration. Jesus' victory over death becomes our story, our experience, changing our lives. The world celebrates with Easter eggs and hot cross buns and don't get me wrong, I love those things. And they're great, but we're much more than that and we have much more to be celebrated and to be thankful for. And as Kirk said, uh, we were at Bullocky's Rest on Good Friday. It's, it's a place that uh, we really cherish as a community here to meet Jesus um, in the outdoors and by the water. It's a very special time together. And we reflected on the cost that it was for Jesus to be beaten and ridiculed, to bear our sins, to take our sins upon himself and be nailed to a cross and die. In John 19.30, when Jesus was about to de- die, he declared, it is finished. He was declaring that the debt owed by mankind, the debt of sin, has now been paid. And his sacrifice can never be duplicated. His love can never be outdone in that moment. The life that he laid down was a payment for the lives we've taken up. And Jesus was making everything right again, reconciling us back to the Father. He paid our bill for the sins we've done in the past, the ones we might do today and the ones we'll probably do tomorrow. Um, We can go, yep, next slide, thank you. That one's fine. Um, His love has the final say. His statement of it is finished is our new beginning. John 3, 16, 17 says, for it is how God loved the world He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. So today I want to talk about new beginnings. Our daily lives are full of them. Some are welcomed with glad hearts, new relationships, new employment, starting school, getting a pet, getting your driver's license, having children, growing up, moving out of home. Just a small snippet of new beginnings that we experience in our lives. And some new beginnings are not invited or celebrated. The loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the loss of relationship, enduring illness, enduring mental health. 
COVID-19 has certainly forced the entire world to experience new beginnings, to pivot, change constantly, consistently and unexpectedly. The experience is both loss and new growth. And churches are not void of that experience. Church communities, people who love Jesus, all over the world and certainly here at Pine Rivers we have been and it continues to be a part of the story that we're living. The resurrection of Jesus is the biggest event in history. It's a new beginning of the final putting to right of all things. His defeat of death assures us of eternal life with him and his father. The gospel accounts of the resurrection reflect how even though those closest to Jesus were surprised and caught unawares, even though many times Jesus had spoken that he would die and on the third day rise again. So let's read together. If you have your Bible or you have your phone app, it'll also be up on the screen. Um, the, the account of when Mary found the empty tomb. So John 20, 1 to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. It sounds like Peter, doesn't it? He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, 
Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, I think that's how that's said, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and he told, she told them that he had said these things to her. I just love that account. When you have a look at the story around that scripture, um, I think I can say with a fair amount of certainty that Mary Magdalene, uh, Mary, Jesus' mother, his family and all of the disciples did not see this event coming. And they did not see it as a new beginning at first. Let's think about this for a moment. They've just watched their, their friend, their beloved saviour, their son, their brother, die a most brutal death. An innocent man crucified and put to death on false charges. Powerless to stop it. Can you imagine... I, was, I sat yesterday pondering that for a little bit and thinking about the depths of their grief that they would have felt and were still feeling on that third day. Even though Jesus had taught them and instructed them and told them what was happening, when it's actually happening, they still didn't understand and I think we have experiences of that sometimes in our life too. We can understand something's going to happen in theory and when we get there in practice, we don't understand what's going on. And Mary's shock and dismay to discover that Jesus is not there is because in the day there were a lot of robberies of graves. People would come and take the body and and take it somewhere else. They're stolen, a fairly common problem. But when the gardener called Mary by her name, when Jesus said, Mary, her eyes are open to the face of Jesus. And in that moment, she realises he's completed what he said he would do. When have you heard Jesus call your name? In that moment, she knew that he was going to rise again and this was that moment that he was coming. Her words to him, Raboni, sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong, uh, describes a very deep reverence and love like we would say, my dear teacher, my dear friend today. And so there's this... Scripture talks about there being a confusion among the disciples. Uh, the book of John says Peter and another disciple went into the tomb. They were a bit more methodical in their thinking and understanding of what was happening. And they decided that because the cloths were laid the way they were, he must have risen. And so they had made that conclusion in their head. But for Mary... She was still in the experience of where is his body because she had come to anoint it that day. And this, so this event 
marked a new beginning, even if they didn't see it at the time, they would in the days to come. The start of Christianity and the church. Jewish scriptures have been pointing to this moment all along, that Israel needed a king who would suffer and die as a rebel on behalf of those who are rebels. But it was hard for them to understand. Christian writer and theologian N.T. Wright describes Easter this way. Easter is about God's judgment calling the world to account and setting up his new glorious creation of freedom and peace, summoning all people everywhere to live in this new world. Easter is about God's rich welcome to all mankind. As Easter people, we are called to celebrate all that is in all of that in practical ways, as well as in glad and uninhibited worship. It's all done because Easter is about Jesus, the Jesus who announced God's saving, sovereign kingdom, the Jesus who died to exhaust the power of the world's rulers, the Jesus who rose again to be crowned as king over all things in heaven and on earth, God gives us grace this day and from now on to live as Easter people, celebrating Jesus' love and joy at his table and making his kingdom and justice known in his world. So Jesus going to the cross and his resurrection is victory through substitution. He allows us to be heaven on earth people, We're now signposts for the kingdom here and now and all authority has been given to us and our world is in desperate need. As believers in Jesus, we carry the hope, the authority, the power, the love, the transformation that is available to us all. N.T. Wright goes on to say that we often think Easter is the happy ending to the story of Good Friday. No, the cross sets us free as image-bearing humans, as God's royal priesthood to be people of worship and witness, to be people of celebration and service, to be people of justice in a world of injustice, really important one right now, of truth in a world of lies, equally important, of beauty in a world of ugliness, bringing freedom in a world of slavery, bringing the power of healing love, genuine spirituality, bringing heaven and earth together in a world of counterfeits. The cross is about the outpoured love of God and the longer we look at it, Isn't it beautiful today? Thank you to Hannah for just decorating the cross in just such a beautiful way of new life. The cross is about the outpoured love of God and the longer we look at it, the more our own love should be kindled in return. So what does the resurrection mean 
for us? What are the new beginnings offered to us? Awesome. You can go to the next slide if you like. In Philippians 3, 10 to 14, Paul is really clear what the focus of his life is going to be. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Now, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do know, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus. So Christ being raised from the dead is the key to the power that we get to hold, that is entrusted to us. But yet the Jewish people at the time were still confused and I think I would have been as well. How could a humble king, oh sorry, how could a humble man become king of the world through weakness and self-sacrifice when they listened to many voices that told them it was to look a different way. So let's just quickly look at how, 10 things on how the resurrection of Christ achieves powerful things in our lives. Number one, the resurrection of Jesus affirmed all that he said he would do. The truth about everything Jesus taught depends upon and is proved by his resurrection. It gives authority to his words, especially his own prediction that he would conquer the grave. Mark 8.31 says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. The resurrection of Christ validates his message, his mission, and more than that, the resurrection confirms who Jesus is. He was not merely a martyred teacher. The fact that he conquered death affirms he is the promised Messiah. The resurrection shows his sacrifice was acceptable to the Father and he clarify, it clarifies his lordship and provides proof of his deity. Number three, it vindicates Christ's suffering and death. Jesus died intentionally to purchase our salvation. He did not die in vain. His mission on that day was fully accomplished. Four, he conquers death for us. I am the resurrection and the life. Because I live, you shall live also. Because he rose from the grave, death is no longer an issue for us. 
and we can replace fear with confidence and security. And right there is our new beginning, that we can live in eternity with Jesus. And we get, he gets to introduce us to our Father. And that's what we celebrate today in his resurrection. Number five, he frees us from our sins. Another new beginning. We don't need to do anything. I um, currently am stuck in my daily readings in the book of Leviticus. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever fully read that whole book. I'm sure you have. It's a challenge. Um, but we've spoken about the Bible pro Project before here on the stage, and they do an amazing job. I'm, I'm reading their read through the Bible in a year, and they do these great little intentional teaching videos before, and they just summarize the importance of the book of Leviticus to Jewish people. But I, I say thank you, Jesus, that I, we live in such a time where we don't have to do those practices. They were very important to them as people and they valued them because what it did was that those practices allowed them to enter into the presence somewhat of God, to get closer to him. And we live in a season now where Jesus does that for us and we get to go very close proximity to our Father. For Romans 6, 5 to 7 says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we would be no longer slaves of sin. For he who had died has been free from sin. So we died with Christ, we raised with Christ, sin has no power over us and we walk free from sin. Hallelujah. What an amazing freedom. What an amazing new beginning for us. Six, he defeats Satan. Satan is no longer our master. We serve a risen Lord whose victory over evil is assured. Seven, he honours humankind in an unparalleled way. John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he so loved us, that the king of the universe the creator of all things, reaches down to us and in doing so, he raises our value and our worth. The resurrection obtains righteousness for us. 2 Corinthians 4.22 says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Eight, he provides the basis for kingdom building. Because Jesus lives, we together have work to do. That's all of us in this room. We have a task at hand to live and communicate our faith. What we do for Jesus will last, will be effective. Our efforts will not be in vain. 
The resurrection is the foundation upon which we build. The risen Christ authorizes us in the Great Commission to go and make disciples. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 9. He sustains our hope. Because Jesus rose, we are established in the certain hope that we too shall rise again. Peter writes, By God's great mercy, we've been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And 10. He reveals a new, reveals a new way of being human. We now live in the power of the resurrection which permeates all that we do. Philippians 3.10 That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. And my husband's favourite scripture, Galatians 2.20 I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New beginnings. Every endeavour of ours that we do, every time we pray for someone, every time we talk about Jesus, we're doing the work that he asked us to do. In light of all of that, the resurrection is our new beginning, the beginning of freedom, the beginning of amazing grace. What a wonderful day. What a wonderful day, not just today, but every day we get to experience his resurrection power.